We're going to connect. Are we going to connect? We are connected. Here comes some music for the audience. Not the Jitsi folks. Tax the rich, feed the poor, Change that old world. Thank you, Alvin Lee. Ten years after getting us kicked off again, as you normally do. Occasionally, you don't, but most of the time you do, and we're glad to have you there. It's a good theme song, and we do know what to do. We just have a little bit of a hard time showing other folks where we can get enough numbers to get it accomplished. But we're working on it, and you're part of it, and I'm sure glad you're there. Okay, Roger Sales, welcoming you in on the Wednesday edition of the Radio Ranch here at the Eurofolk Radio Network, and uh, happy to have you along. We were just uh, talking a little bit there before we went on the, on the air. Whoop! There went somebody doing something, sending a message or something. Uh, now let's see what's going on here. Okay, well I need to get rid of this. Uh, I've been meaning to. Of course, I listen most of the days. So I listen to Jimbo's. Uh, Mr. Jim Ram, do it yourself, health and wealth here behind us. And as I'm getting the stuff done that I've got to get done, you know, get the stuff uploaded and transfer it from one computer to the other and remember what we talked about for a show description and all those kind of things that sometimes get me in a turmoil. I honestly, sometimes at the end of a two hour show, can't sit down and remember what all we talked about because uh, uh, many times we're very diverse around here anyway. And listening to Jimmy had a really nice show the other day on sailing. Jim I hope you're out feeding the horses or whatever and listening this morning. And I think John, it was a uh, Casera, must have been on Monday, came in with this rogue wave comment. You remember that, Jeff? When you were, because you were on there, and I think several of the guys transitioned. I heard the whole thing, but I don't remember the rogue wave being messed. Well, John said, "Well, I know I'm I'm scared of those rogue waves." Well, you know what you what you learn is because uh, I've been around the water and sailing and stuff. My dad built his own sailboat when he was 12 years old, his first one, and. Uh, 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 in the deep ocean, you don't. If a big tsunami, like one that would destroy a whole country, okay, like the whole eastern, if that tsunami that's over in potential tsunami in the Atlantic from that volcanic activity in the, around the Canary Islands, I can't remember the La Paloma or whatever it is, the volcano. La okay, La Palma. And if that were to happen, as that tidal wave went across the Atlantic. It wouldn't be 30, 40, 50 feet high. And the reason is because the ocean's so deep. The depth of the ocean absorbs the height of the wave. Now, when it gets close to shore and it starts getting shallow, that water's got nowhere to go but up. And that's how it turns into one of these huge tsunamis. Okay, yeah. uh, But in the middle of the ocean, if you're out there on Jim's uh, two or three million dollar sailing boat whichever the one he is he's he's shooting for there nothing wrong with setting your goals high right uh if you're out there on that beautiful uh, uh piece of equipment uh it's gonna it may be a couple of inches okay and you're not you're never even gonna know it went under you so the uh, rogue wave potential in the middle of a deep ocean is like 
virtually no. nil okay uh but i was capsized uh, by a rogue wave in panama city back before i moved to argentina when i was down there my friend i keep mentioning my buddy david Strait, not the ship sailing on the land but the, <laughs> I, I got enough money to go buy a boat and we'll go fishing kind of david Strait, you know and and so uh he came down one spring and we were going to do some fishing spring fishing is pretty good and uh, at times and you can get into some of that volatile weather and we were there in panama city some of you have ever been down there and been out they got a nice pass there with jetties you know big boulders granite boulders it was built during world war ii and the channel that cuts through the beach there that goes into the bay and uh, so we were on the outside of the jetties and the channel right there uh trolling along the beach he had bought a new rod and reel and wanted to go f- catch some spanish mackerel or something and david was driving his nice i don't know 30 30 something foot i can't remember the the name of the boats they're made there in bay county they're pretty famous had twin uh, com uh, kawasaki's on it i don't remember the how big they were but it was listen david didn't do anything second class okay so it was tricked out and it was me and him and we just went out to fool with this new rod and reel a little bit you know and so we're trolling parallel to the beach and one of those rogue waves caught us okay and david not being a super experienced boat captain didn't if you if you've been around the water a while and you get into that situation you always turn the bow of the boat into the wave okay and he didn't he kept the boat parallel to the shore and that big huge wave caught us and as the boat rode up on the front side of the wave i was in the back of the boat and uh i could see that the the transom was dipping down into the bottom of the wave and the water started coming in the transom and uh so i just kind of stepped off the boat into the water you know and it flipped the boat and fortunately david uh, uh got out and uh he was a big guy too he's six foot eight okay and he got out and it was a really really bad weather day and they had they had small craft advisory warnings out there and there was only one other idiot that was stupid enough to be out there i mean i'm not kidding i would never gone out okay but there's one other idiot who was alone in his boat by the way and uh, he saw what happened to us, and he came over and uh, helped us into his boat and was taking us in, the, in through the jetties into the pass. And it was such a hellacious weather day there, and those big waves were crashing into the pass and the jetties so bad. The Coast Guard, when they saw that somebody else was going to get us, the Coast Guard wouldn't even come out of the pass. They waited until he brought us in, okay, and transferred us to his boat. But, uh, yeah, I had to, you know, total David's boat and the whole nine year, yards. But I've been in the road wave thing before okay and uh uh it's uh it's not any fun okay i can promise you uh but anyway that was just i kept thinking what was it they were talking about on jim's show that i meant to comment on so that was it we get rogue waves going on all over the place not only in the ocean but in politics and in the economy and in all these other areas so you got to watch out for those tsunamis don't you uh so here we go on the day after the day that will that lives in infamy and uh, middle of the week here on the wednesday and jeff uh, you weren't with us yesterday you were going off and you and wayne were doing something why don't you give us a report on that if you would yes <clears throat> so yesterday's event has nothing to do with today's event with vince and that wall of text i sent you earlier today so, right i read so yesterday Yesterday was actually an issue having to do with code enforcement. 
And it turns out the city of Farmer's Branch is attempting to prosecute the current owner of a house based on the open, unresolved code enforcement citation on the previous owner of that house. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. So they're stuck, you know, dealing with these minions of the system and haven't been able to get their point across. So what, that was what's the code? What's the code violation? If I mean, I, well, I hesitate to ask, but I feel like I got oh, verifying occupancy, whatever that means. Verifying. I don't, I don't know what their excuse occupancy. Yes, yeah, that sounds like a pretty vague charge to me. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. and so he's fighting something that's hung over from the previous owner that the Correct. bureaucrats have will have not or refuse to let go of because they haven't resolved it apparently now they're applying current strictures on them without going back and fixing the problem so it got continued (laughs) yeah what to the next owner (laughs) yeah supposed to be hearing with the judge but no judge was there (laughs) this this young 19 year old looking all right 22 year old looking prosecutor you know, it dealt with uh, the individual in question here, the victim. And so basically it got continued. Boy, it's too bad he doesn't have an affidavit on file and you could have put sat that little young man down and showed him what's what. Oh, they got the word from me outside afterwards. And Wayne, yes. Wayne was very uh, vocal also, especially when they all left. And one of their friends who is quite versed in the rules of the codes and all that stuff. And his name is Brady, and I should let Wayne talk to you more about this, but Brady, I gave him the you know the five sheets that I stapled together that I've passed around. <clears throat> I gave him to that, and he said, this is what I've been looking for. Wow, I'm 60 years old, and I hadn't heard of this ever. Like, yeah, here we go. Yep. So that was good. Yep. I should let Wayne tell you more about it. Well, maybe you will. Wayne, you with us? He may not be with us today. Yeah. Sure. Hey, there yeah, he is. Sure thing, Roger. Hey, Wayne, we'll chime in, yeah. man. Give us your side What's of the up? story, sure. as Paul Harvey would say. <laughs> hey, I was just following Jeff's lead, man. He was uh, he was all over it. So, uh, but I, I think the key thing here is that this whole nonsense started about a certificate of occupancy for these people to take over their new house. And like my friend said in the beginning of this whole thing is, I just thought this had to do with commercial. There, there's no way they could come into someone's house and you know, you got to present it to where you could get okay by the city to occupy the house you bought. In his case, $600,000. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. So, so that's what prompted him to uh, takes on okay so let me get this straight the the city hold on wayne hold on wayne hold on just a second if you would so let me get this straight the city has passed this is this some like uh global 2030 initiative or some crap where they've gone down to the level of this little town in texas and gotten these kind of uh uh, futuristic rules of uniformity from the top down instituted and so now these people buy a pretty expensive house i think anybody would agree 600k is pretty 
I know it won't buy much these days, but it used to buy a whole lot, okay? And they can't move into their house until after they've purchased it, got the mortgage, whatever. They already moved in. They had already moved in, and they come Month in and cite them because they didn't get this certificate of occupancy? From the previous owner, correct. From the previous owner, not from the city, from the previous yeah, the owner? Previous owner. The previous owner had some leftover, um, not liens, but uh, some bills due on like water on their water account. Yeah, I think it has something to do with that. that. Okay. So, uh, okay, well, I mean, let me ask you a question: How big a how get the, the whole how big a bill could they have on a house? To, uh, to cause the city to come in and throw a lien on them that they couldn't satisfy to move on with their lives without this crap? That's a good question. I don't know the exact amount, but uh, I don't think it was really a whole lot of money, maybe at two or $300 to my estimation. I don't think there's a so-called lien yet, but I, I think it's a pending, uh, not, I'm not sure what the word would be, judgment or some sort of bill against a property the city wants to collect yeah well they'd have to get a judgment if it's if it's not a mechanic getting their water turned if it's not a mechanics lien i guess if it's a municipality that's going to do it they'd need to go to court and get a judgment and then take the judgment and turn that into the lien i think isn't that title insurance and shouldn't they be sued for not disclosing that to the new buyer yeah that seems to be a defect in that process you bet Somebody wasn't keeping their eye on the ball at the title insurance company. Man, what a mess. All over a couple hundred dollar water bill? Jeez, oh, mighty. Title company. Well, Any I mean. Any excuse will do these days. Yeah, uh, there's some real bees over in town. And I, I, go ahead, Wayne. You're clipping a little bit. I'll quit interrupting you if you want to go ahead. Yes. Hold on one second, Roger. I have to take another call. Hold on. Okay, no problem. Well, we'll uh, kick this around while Wayne's going on the other line there. Uh, well, I found it interesting that there was supposed to be a judge there, but there wasn't one, and a prosecutor sat at the table and uh, kind of uh, ushered the victim into what he wanted well, to have done. He's the prosecutor. He's not a judge. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Are you, yes. are you, your honor, are you a trier of facts or are you a party to the action? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. that's a good thing. He needs to, the, uh, the husband of the victim needs to be aware of, cause he's, he's taking all kinds of notes cause he's got further action planned. If, you know, if they do this or they don't do that, you know, he's taking notes Hey man, I mean, I'm going to just give him some advice. Get yourself extricated from this and go on about your life. You know, you you got pick the battles you can win, and this one doesn't sound like one that's worth wasting your time on to me. Yeah, so you remember reading what I sent you this morning? That's what I'm telling Vince. Hey, capitulate or kick the can down the road, and then deal with it later. Okay. That's what I would say too, Roger. Uh, and I think that, and again, he's pretty well versed. This is a guy that's uh, taking on federal judges and everything. So I think he's one of the fellows that will take on the battle just to see, 
you know, how far he can go. But, you know, I think in the greater scheme of things, he will end up settling it. But I think it might be related to Padgett. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, key thing I noticed, uh, yeah, key thing I noticed about what that prosecutor said <clears throat> to the guy's wife is, what would you like me to do with this? And as we talked about later, we feel like that was her opening to say, uh, sir, I want this thrown out. There's no cause here. This should be totally thrown out. And I think she she wasn't versed enough to take that opportunity. So, well, it uh, sounds like they're wasting I the young prosecutor. They're wasting everybody's time. It sounds like to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure. I don't know anything about Farmers Branch, Texas, but I would imagine that there's more important things on the prosecutor's agenda than doing with squirrely crap like this. Well, this was a pretty young prosecutor, so he was probably a novice thrown out there. Mm-mm-mm. Well, you just never know what you're going to find in the naked city, do you? <laughs> That's right. You remember? Do y'all remember that old TV show? Isn't it? You're old enough to remember it, Jeff. There's oh, eight. Yeah. There's eight million tales. Stories. stories or tales? There's Good eight stories. million stories in the naked city. Naked city. Oh, yes. Well, I don't know if Farmer's Branch quite lives up to that, but it sure sounds like a like some kind of soap opera kind of crap. Uh, unreal. So you got another one with another one of your buddies. You got a lot of your buddies sitting out there and with their with their tits in the ringer, don't you, Wayne? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is uh, about this Dallas area, but I think it's uh – I think you started it with Aladask. You got everybody interested in the legal side of this, so we trace it all back to you, Roger. I tell you what, I sure wish. I wish Al would come out of retirement. I don't know if he's got mental, you know, health problems or whatever, but uh, he was a mighty good guy, and I sure miss him on the scene. And he had a lot of admiration from a lot of people, deservedly so, by the way. Yeah, what, what? yeah there were a lot of spinoffs from his work. That's for sure. Sure were. Yeah, what, what, but what I would do is uh, I would, in the area, make sure it's not from the same company, but find the best title officer in the area and run it by them and see what they say. Yeah, maybe a suggestion for your friends, Wayne. Sure thing. Okay. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Why wasn't that checked and cleared in the in the change of ownership? Yeah. Or the but to go back to what Brady, uh, this thing about Brady, uh, his uh, friend is, I was kind of shocked, too, and this is uh, how so critical your information is because this Brady fellow is another one has been battling the system for years and years, and I, I think he was shocked to see how simple this process could be to, again, get a status to where you're more on eyeball to eyeball with these bureaucrats than where we are now. And, again, just another uh, good example of how, again, the process that you're talking about can really have great effect. I'm not even sure it puts you eyeball to eyeball with them, Wayne. I think it puts you eyeball up to eyeball down on them. Well, Jeff and I were talking about that, you know, how that puts you, you know. Well, know it puts them right it puts them at a disadvantage because they can't enforce their crap on you unless they get you somehow into their net. <laughs> 
okay so they're at that disadvantage right there and you've got the superior law which is nature and nature's god okay i mean the, the whole reason they're doing this as as john and them said you know as john told us and i've mentioned and repeated on here numerous times the battle we fight today is the battle that's been going on since the beginning of time and that battle is lex rex versus the common law and you're seeing it right here in what we're discussing yes sir Yep, absolutely. Okay, and it it irks me to know what I do about the tax system and where it came from and how it evolved and to realize that the reason that we're saddled with all that crap is because a couple of Anglo-Saxons went in and started lying for each other in a common law court and caused these bastards to take this course to bring this merchant law in over us to overcome the lies that these boys did way back when in 1200 1100 that far back okay so there's a, a very interesting little observation on sin right there roger maybe uh, you could for my own edification again go over <clears throat> how we can identify each body of law by its own remedy or remedies okay well there's a there's about seven i think seven different bodies of law common law equity ecclesiastical law mer maritime uh, oh don't maritime, forget maritime. maritime can't forget that <laughs> admiralty is another one now they used to be separate and at some point i don't know when the brits uh merged them okay so and you've got uh, the the law merchant uh, and you've got the other with us on that list is manorial law. So there's seven different systems of law. Okay. So let me go back and start this for the people that may be new here, maybe listening. If I were to take Jeff, say, and since we're, you initiated the question here and, uh, and Jeff's very knowledgeable. And I was to take him over to Piccadilly circus or wherever it is over there. And in the, in those days they had e e each, have you, have you well, each in those days, I think you could go to a certain area and each one of these different systems of law had their own courthouse and like their own building. Okay, so I could take and blindfold Jeff and spin him around and get him all confused and stuff and keep that blindfold on and walk him into one of these uh, uh, assemblies. Okay, and he would know because he's so educated and knows his stuff so well by the terms that were being used by what they call the presiding officer by what actions were being floated and used and what remedies were being brought in he would know from that conversation blindfolded what system of law he was in and which courtroom he was in because they're that different Okay, and I don't have the list in front of me. I've got them around here somewhere, uh, and it's something. Well, it, it, it would be no, it's not in the book. The you know? No, it's not anywhere up there. Okay, <laughs> and this is one of those things that uh, because there was so much information to put in that first book, that this is just one of the things that got left out. You know, and uh, uh, so and there's the the whole R plus D equals R and the whole talk of that formula how it works and how it interacts with what we're going to talk about here all that stuff's real crucial information really and we were so green and it was we only knew so much and there was so much information they wanted to get into that book and from my manuscript to the what john and glenn saw as a real answer to this and so they were the ones that turned the book into what it is 
okay honestly uh but this is a real important point and because anytime let's say you run into one of these i'm a ship sailing on the sea on the land guys okay and you want to get into if they'll have an intelligent discussion with you <laughs> if, they, if they're able to do that well they'll think it's intelligent well they'll think it is anyway well you might ask them this question well if it's admiralty and we're a, a ship sailing on the land how are they using self-help remedies What's a self-help remedy? Well, that's the next question you'll get out of them. Uh, I, 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 I nod in a, in a affirmation. Okay. But what Jeff was going to get at is you can go down each one of those. I don't have the list in front of me. But if you go into the King's Bench, which is the highest court of common law over there in England, uh, you'd hear them use the terms of the common law. You know, you'd use them here in detinue and, and, and the, the eight different actions that are available in common law. You'd hear them probably referring and like i said i don't have the list in front of me the presiding officer is the judge and you'd hear him talking about these actions and you'd hear him talking about these remedies well if you went over into the uh, 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 equity you'd hear him calling the guy a chancellor he wouldn't call him a judge you'd hear him using a whole different set of terminology on the actions being used and you'd use a whole different set of remedies if remedies came up uh if they got down to admiralty law the admiralty law is pretty simple you know because it's like I kick your butt and I take your stuff. That's admiralty law. All right. Prize. And prize is the only remedy. That means I kicked your butt. You're down. I'm going to grab everything you got because I kicked your butt. There's the whole formula for admiralty law. Okay. Well, now they're kicking a bunch of people's butt and they're taking a bunch of people's stuff, but they're not just doing it indiscriminately. They got a process they follow and it's right there in the law books. If you want to take the time to learn this stuff and, and put it into your brain and understand, oh, well, those are self-help remedies. Those are only isolated to two sections of law, two bodies of law in the whole history of the planet. If you use self-help remedies and one of them, we call the uniform commercial code. So, obviously, we have to be either under the Uniform Commercial Code or we're a big federal feud, and that's the law of the manor because the merchant law was also used in the feudal system on the manors. Mm-hmm. Okay? Those are the only two systems of law in the whole history of the planet where lien, levy, garnishment, and seizure have been used. They weren't used in common law. They weren't used in equity. They weren't used in maritime. If everybody were a maritime law, look at that fringe on the flag. Well, the only remedy in maritime law is a, uh, a, the only action is a bill of libel. You see any bills of libel floating around our courts, Wayne? You've been hanging around with all these guys in all this court activity. I doubt if you've seen any bills of libel floating around, have you? I can't recall it. Okay, well, if there's no bills of libel, it ain't maritime law, period. So these are the things that our people don't know, and unfortunately a lot of them, like Clint Richardson, don't want to learn even when they're exposed to them. No, I'm right. I'm right. That doesn't mean you're crazy. You're full of S-H-I-T. See you later. Bam, hangs up on you. I mean, come on, man. That was five years ago. This guy hadn't looked any deeper into that after being exposed to it in five years. He's still out teaching people this crap. 
Okay, so what Jeff's point is very valid. It's very uh, if you, that's why that formula goes back to R plus D equals R, rights plus duties equal remedies. Pretty simple formula. You got to work with it a while, but oh, there's remedies in there. You mean there's things called remedies? Gosh, I didn't know our community knew anything about them. Okay, because you never hear them talk about them, do you? <laughs> no. Okay, so you can go back and approach this in a number of different ways and isolate what you're doing and take all that malarkey that these people have been fed and eat up and in- internalize so willingly to the point they'll argue with you. Hell, some of them might even fight you over it. Okay? And they, they're all nonsensical. And the thing about that I've found about the laws is it's very, very logical. Okay, it really progresses one step on the other, and there's a lot of foundations there that you can go back and learn and give yourself a firm foundation, and you can figure a lot of this stuff out on your own. If you have a little guidance like that formula, R plus D equals R, you got a little perseverance, a little desire to understand it, and I'm going to tell you, it's worth your time. It'll not only strengthen you mentally and start you on the road to empowerment, but you'll be amazed if you learn this stuff in your day-to-day life how many times you'll recall that and apply it to different situations in your life. Okay? Have you found that, Jeff? Yes, sir, although I've kept my nose clean. Yeah, well, it's not just that. If you get into some situation, you start thinking it back, and you start putting it into this metric here, this rubric, to see what comes out, and you'll be amazed at how much just knowing this stuff and how it works, you can apply to other areas of your life on a real regular basis. Okay, well, let me tell you what I was. Yeah, when I got down to Argentina and I got in that damn accident where there's a number of fatalities and stuff. Here I am illegal. I'm illegal in a country. I have an accident with a number of fatalities, and if I wouldn't have known all this law stuff, ooh man, would I've been at a much greater disadvantage. You'd be behind bars still. Well, probably. I don't know if I would have been a year my age. They won't even throw you in prison in Argentina, supposedly. But, uh, but it it certainly wouldn't have been as navigable as it was. You know, my little attorney, who is very sharp, very sharp, a judge's son. Okay, he was shocked at how much I knew about the law. Okay. And and we would sit down and have real good skull sessions on how to proceed in this really sticky wicked situation it was not pretty okay yeah. it what it wasn't pretty and it wasn't any fun to go through none so anyway uh that's uh, how you apply the different remedies and, and actions and even to the point of what they call the presiding officer and um uh, if and when we get the second book written, I'll have that in there for sure because it's real important. You know, it's a real important lesson for people to be exposed to. And like I said, you get into these conversations with these guys like you're dealing with out there in Dallas, you know. Oh, we're Admiralty Law, really? Oh, what's the uh, remedy? What's the remedy? Prize. They, You mean to tell me that they don't have to go through a process to come grab your stuff? <laughs> Okay, well, there's the answer right there. Now, they may not accept that, all right, but there's the answer. Because some some of these people, as y'all have found, well, they're just downright stubborn, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, Roger, there isn't much evidence for uh, maritime law 
<clears throat> but there are some people that are questioning even if Law Merchant has any evidence. You know, it looks more like theory at this point. Law Merchant? Yeah, there's a, um, I don't know if you know. The uniform, the uniform commercial code is theory? No, no, no the Law Merchant. There's well, it's like, the same thing. But the, the, the medieval version of it is like, it was just. It, well, it says in the UCC, anything not covered by this title reverts back to the Law Merchant. It's the same thing. Okay, so it's so the codes are are not questioned. It's just this ancient law merchant thing is like I mean some people don't believe it. Well, it's the it's even more ancient. Tell them to get preceded by the Babylonian merchant code. Well, it may be ancient, but it's concurrent. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, no one's going to question the UCC. Well, there's a section in the UCC, and I don't know which it is, but it says right there, because I remember us covering it, anything not covered by this title reverts back to the law merchant. Boom, right there. Oh, see, this is another case of the people not understanding the concepts behind this and only looking at the labels they put on it. Okay, Babylonian Merchant Code, Law Merchant, UCC, all the same thing. I don't think you can emphasize that enough, that thinking on a conceptual level helps so much. It keeps you from being swallowed up by the minutiae. It's just incredible because they, all they do is they just take, you know, it's the old vaudeville deal. They take the pig. They put another little paisley tutu on it. They put a different lipstick color on it, and they run it out and go, look at the new pig, and all the people in the audience clap. Oh, look at the new pig. Okay, that's all they're doing. All they're doing is changing the damn label. That's why I try and preach to you guys this conceptual way of understanding this and teaching it. First of all, you'll understand it better. Second of all, you'll be able to teach it easier. Third, the people you're trying to explain it to will understand it easier. What's to not like? Absolutely. Thank you, Roger. So I just really I'm, that's one of the biggest lessons, John, that came to me, and, and and maybe Merle come on here and argue with me. But the way I saw the quote years ago when I was doing I was doing these shows with Bennett, I don't even think I knew it before I'd seen this before that. But it was a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt, and she said, "Small minds talk about people, medium minds talk about events, and large minds talk about concepts." So I'm gonna ask you, John, which of those would you rather be? I missed the question, Ryder. Okay, this is, the, this is the quote from Eleanor Roosevelt. Small minds talk about people. Medium yeah. minds talk about events. And large minds talk about concepts. Which of those three would you rather be? Well, the concept, of course. Well, obviously. Okay. So the, I, I liked the quote that I saw. Murr says it's wrong. It was reversed. I don't know. Okay, that's the way I saw it. All right. But uh, I started thinking about it. And I went, well, concepts, concepts. And that's when I started applying what I already knew and putting it in conceptual terms to this puzzle. And, buddy, the curtains opened. And that's where I learned. You know, the the analogy is if you take a young child and give them a puzzle with 8 to 10 pieces versus one with 1,500 pieces, which one you think they're going to put together first? I mean, that's how complex that is. 
If you're doing Roger. it with, with concepts, it's easy to see the big picture and put it together. Then when you've got that, you go drill down on the minutia. Yeah, Samuel. Uh, Eleanor's concept was feminism, uh, masculine feminism, and communism. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, good for Eleanor. Uh, you know, I don't know anything about her. She probably was a vegetarian, okay? Uh, and and all, all the other stuff they talk about, don't know. But I just know that that quote was a gem, and it opened up vistas of understanding to me, and it gave me a far better ability to effectively relay this information to other people. And listen, this is what I've been striving for for so many years. Have been striving for, have striven, you know, been all, all of the whatever, all the past tense. Now you strove. Stro- I strove. You were, you were stroving. <laughs> I've been a stroving for many years here on this problem. <laughs> <laughs> and to get this rascal simplified, to get it out there as simple as possible and a very complex, I think all of you will admit it's very complex, the way they've got it set up, what they've done is actually very simple, okay? But they've set it up very complex, and to try and get past that to where I can get it exposed to enough people, get them to understand it quickly enough and securely enough where they'll get to a point to take action and file some paperwork with this Lord of the Manor up there, Blinken, uh, at the present time, and move forward, and we can cookie-cutter it. You can't cookie cutter it the old way of minutian three hours of sitting here to explain give you enough background where i can explain to you what non-resident alien means in 26 cfr 1.1-1a that's powerful well it's it boy i'll tell you what it's real powerful when you start getting your arms around this thing conceptually because you can you can get people up to speed real quick, you know. Okay, uh, Mister Mister uh, Neophyte, Neophyte uh, do you remember the Jim Crow laws? Uh, kind of vaguely. Wasn't that when they used to have blacks and whites separate facilities? You know what? That's good. That's very good. That's correct. So, do you know that they've tricked us into all volunteering into going into the black facilities? I mean, honestly, how damn complicated is that? Simple concept. Yeah. That's history. They can go check it out. They can go verify all that. Then when they've got their arms around that, you say, would you like me to show you how they've done it? Yeah. Now I know what they did. Show me how those rascals pulled this off. See the difference? Yeah. So, anyway, that's what I've been striving for. (laughs) I think we got it down pretty simple at this point. All we need to do now is to keep growing and get to one of these next major platforms. You know, one of the one of the big video guys has got a regular video thing, maybe a Jeff Rents. God forbid, I don't even know if I could get on Alex Jones because I don't think Alex would, would let me talk long enough to get it out without constantly interrupting me. You got to get on Andy's show. That's all there is to it. <laughs> well, I think that that's the next big step. 
and of course we're working on those other things and uh and i you guys are out there hopefully learning this stuff and getting more comfortable with it to the point where you're talking to other people about it and spreading the word our foundation grows stronger and uh you know it's just this logical progression of stuff the problem we're fighting is the other side and their agenda and the progress of the evil empire's agenda uh and hell i wish we could have had this up on one of those big platforms a year ago when they first started this crap okay we could have we could have turned the tide or at least had a bigger impact a lot easier i don't know maybe this is all in the lord's timetable so maybe it's just got to get real bad before people are willing to listen hell i don't know but every day i'm going to be here and i'm going to reach out and be on this platform god willing and the creek indians don't rise and we can sit there and take people like you guys that are here that don't understand different aspects of this and explain it to you and everybody else so that everybody understands and when we get that understanding out there disseminated among enough people we become formidable they're scared of us if they weren't do you think that they would have quashed you like a bug or somebody in the last 10 years if they weren't scared of this and respected it don't you think something adversarial would have happened in the 10 years we've been teaching this honestly don't you they're panicking across the board yep well Okay. Sometimes you're the bug, sometimes you're the windshield. Well, that's right. Or sometimes you're a bug looking for a windshield. <laughs> that's pageant. <laughs> Jeff, now you guys were gone yesterday. I'm assuming you got to hear the, the replay on the pageant show. Well, I listened right? to the first half hour on uh, CastBox, but I haven't finished yet because I was communicating with others, encouraging them to tune into the CastBox. <laughs> and today also... Paget, you with us today again, or are you uh, not with us? Anybody got a question or a comment? We've done a lot of oratory at this point, covered a pretty good bit of ground. Usually we can at least farrow up a question or two along with all that. Anybody I got some of those? I was to Paget when I was there in Gadsden. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember you were proposed to her on the air first time she ever came on. In <laughs> <laughs> jest. Well, maybe not. No, I think you were serious, man. <laughs> uh, i think maybe jeff you maybe you started there are a couple of people who've tried this the uh, patriot matchmaking service maybe that's your ballywick well if she's close enough to a blonde german woman okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, so has anybody got any, anything else they want to bring up comment on what we've covered anything you had in your uh craw that you wanted to cough up on the table any of that kind of stuff well roger you just mentioned jim crow Yes. Here's my view. Here's my view of that period. The North nor the South won. The 10 square miles won. There's no doubt. And they're, and they're still waging war on all of us. And they did that whole thing to, to, it was fought about slavery, all right, but it wasn't fought to free the black man. It was fought to get those two amendments in place so they could enslave the whole world using them. Well, we're still being reconstructed at this moment. That's true. Okay, I don't I don't disagree with you one bit, John. But the deeper I get into this, the more that I realize that that whole adversarial such a instrumental period of history, so ugly, so much destruction, so much damage was all fought so they could get that 13th and 14th amendment in place. 
because they knew they'd control the world with it 100 years later. Now that we know what they've done and we know the scheme, you can look back and analyze the 13th and 14th Amendment and see it right in there and see all of their intent in the way it was not only written, but in the way it proceeded and got passed. Judah P. Benjamin statue still stands, and For- Bedford Forest statue just came down. Oh, did they take Bedford down? Yep. In, ten- in, in uh, near Nashville. Mm-hmm. Yep. Judah P. Benjamin still stands there a couple of blocks away from where Robert E. Lee's statue used to be in New Orleans, right across from the Cafe du Monde. Anybody know New Orleans enough to understand where that is? Been there. Oh, yeah. It was good. Okay. You get you some uh, donuts with powdered sugar and sugary coffee on them. Yep, bananas. You betcha. Yum yum. Yep. Yum yum. Mm-hmm. But uh, Judah P. Benjamin's statue is pretty close to that right there where Robert E. Lee's was, I believe. Right down it's in the quarter. It's right on the edge of the quarter. In the in the late seventies, I uh, was in Richmond, and I remember all the statuary. Is that stuff still there at all? I think they've taken some of that down, Samuel. But I've never been to Richmond. I don't know. <clears throat> Joe, I mean, is Joe, our Virginia boy, with us? Okay, he might know, but he's not with us. I mean, that stuck out to me more than anything of that city is all of the statuary to the Confederates. And uh, there's no doubt, looking back, they were right. I mean, you know, the the comparison with the, they were trying to, and you could see the uh, progress, the, uh, the uh, substance of Jeffersonian America because it's shown bright versus the not-so-much-so shining of Northern America, and they flipped that whole thing. They flipped that whole thing, and there's never been a Jeffersonian-type culture since, to my knowledge. Our common enemy has vilified the Confederacy, just like more recently they vilified the National Socialist Democratic Workers' Party. In Germany, yeah, yeah. Boy, I wish if I could, if I can ever get, and I'm I'm sure I would have no effect. But I'd love to sit Alex Jones down and say, "Would you please quit demonizing this Hitler guy?" I want to suggest the Telegram channel called NSDAP. It's very good. N A D S N S N S D A P, which is German National Socialist Democratic Workers Party. Okay, I mean. It's it, it it is it. Uh, there's so much of what Alex is doing these days different from years ago that he's mellowed out a bit. Uh, I I like the fact of his putting Christ and Christianity in, in such a forefront position. Some of the other stuff he's saying, but you never hear him blame the Zionists. It's always the oh, it's the they oh yeah well the Rothschilds married into these other families, but it's these other families. What a crock of crap, Alex. Yes, I agree. Okay, you got so much good to say. You got such a huge audience, and all you do is sit there and vilify this guy who was an absolute victim of these creeps. And using the term Nazi as an adjective, yeah, it's it's applied falsely, wrongly, 
inappropriately. So they I still have... put over there on the Saint Saint Statmiller station. I still hear some of the hosts going Nazi, Nazi, Gestapo, mm-hmm. Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's just more of the crap that these people have spread that has taken such root and grown so vociferously over all these years and generations. And you see the fruits of that evil weed is the misinformation that's out there as personified by these types of people who should know better. The tears. Okay. I yeah, mean, there's a, things a, that Hell's a, Fire, Hellstorm, and Europa, and and a lot of these other that are true documentaries that lay the whole truth of that era out uh, are out there. And it, the greatest it, story never told. All that stuff, and these people are just absolutely negligent because they haven't taken the due diligence to find out the error of their thinking or their speech. Yeah, Roger, generally speaking, I really like Rick Wiles, but he is on that bandwagon. And last night, I almost had to turn it off because it was Nazi this, Hitler that, Nazi this. No, you know, just no end to it. Mm. Really sad. Yep, it is. It is. Uh, but, you know, those are the things that we can't really control. What we can do is try and grab those people and get a hold of them and say, you want to get change your status, understand what's going on here, and shake these things like the parasites they are. Okay? I guess at some point in the future, maybe we can sit down and talk about those other things with them. But, you, you know, let's make hay while the sun's shining, the sun's shining on this uh, area and to try and get people's attention and show them this status stuff is the most important thing in our repertoire to me. Okay. Those other things aggravate me and it shows you how screwed up their thinking is and some of the things that they've been exposed to that they've taken to heart. But, you know, don't fight. Don't try and fight that battle because you're just like getting this. I'm a ship sailing on the land out of people's minds. Oh, the social security number. I don't want to use that. It's all that crap. See? And that's, again, I'll mention that what I, the, 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 the person that's the ideal candidate here is the one that comes to us with a clean slate that hadn't been exposed to all that crap. Who was trying to say something? Doesn't the Bible say it's just going to be a few of us anyway? So most well, of the people are brainwashed. Yep, that's right. I mean, you know, it, 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 and it, it is a remnant. They do call it a remnant for a reason. And I can promise many you. Many are called. Few are chosen. There's not very many people at this point. I mean, look, I've been exposing this message for 30 years. Okay. You don't. Anybody here that's been, been around for more than a couple of years with me? Yeah, there's a few on here. Okay. Ben, Lisa, uh, Jeff, I don't remember. Where'd you, where'd you, when did you stumble into this stuff, Jeff? Uh, six or seven years ago, or maybe more, I got your book, put it away. Saying, well, I don't know. But then I, I, I heard something about it, and about a year after that, I'm like, I think I've got that book somewhere. What the hell? And I read the book, did my affidavit, and then found you, and so... As far as following live daily, it's been four years at least. I see. I remember when I moved from the micro effect over there to tr- truth frequency. I think I, somebody got a hold of me on email, and he goes, man, I've been looking for you for six months. I go, well, I'm sure sorry. I'm that hard to find. Uh, 
But, uh, you know, and I haven't had the, the greatest penetration with all this fancy media, and I hate doing videos and stuff, really. And uh, so I've just kind of chosen to use the radio approach and to use the uh, platforms that we've been able to get on and build this slowly. And although it has its frustrations, uh, we've built a pretty good foundation i mean it's not like all those people join us here on a regular basis but we've got a lot of people that listen to archives a lot of people that have gone through this and have gone about their lives and don't have any interaction with us and stuff but there have been a pretty good amount of people touched by this i think i've told you guys that glenn told me that when they got out of jail we were talking on the phone uh and he said uh the U.S. attorney in their trials out there in Salt Lake City, in the district court, the U.S. attorney got up in open court and said the IRS had received over 100,000 of those five-page affidavits. They were only teaching six months. Okay? So there's only 1,200 students that paid, that legitimately filed those things. The IRS received over 100,000. I don't know. Listen, the U.S. attorney could be lying. That's certainly not out of the question or probability. But I kind of have a tendency to think he was probably telling more along the truth. So if that's the case, if you can get 100,000 of them to the IRS within just that parameters, what do you do after you've been teaching this stuff for 10 years and you've had a book out there? How many affidavits of whatever variety or declarations? You got any kind of a shot? Anybody want to venture a guess on what, how many you think the Secretary of State's gotten? If they got 100,000 of that five-pager all those years ago, how many of these affidavits do you think they've gotten at State now? A couple of million? Well, also more than hundred thousand could be nine hundred thousand. Why would he, you know, divulge the accurate number? I don't know. You know, I just know that that's what Glenn told me, and I was shocked when he when he told me that. Okay. Yeah, it is shocking. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I've kind of used as a rule of thumb to go back and say, I'll, I'll bet you they've gotten quite a few of these up there at state. I mean, I've had people call into the show. Yeah, just like you just said, Jeff. Yeah, I bought your book and read it and sent them an affidavit. Got I'd my passport back. Never done anything with it. Just thought I'd give you a call here 8, 10, 12 months later. Say hi. To paraphrase you, Roger, I would say that Washington, D.C. is sphincter central. <laughs> sphincter central. <laughs> yes. You talk about a dark hole. So anyway, that's where we are, and you just got to keep, you know, I mean, you put one foot in front of the other every day is the next day, and who knows what's going to happen, and there may be some important person listening to this live or sitting here mute on the board just riding the eerie with us, and he's going to be the person that takes it to some person that knows one of these other people and says, you need to sit down and listen to this. I mean, I've had several people come back. A, a guy that heard me on Statmiller that day listened in for a couple of days. He's from Texas somewhere. He said, I've been going over your material. I'm going to put it in front of some real big people this weekend. Well, I've never heard anything since then. But you know, here's what I've come to understand. is once, They sailed away on the land. Well, <laughs> might have. What I've come to understand is that it's the very rare person that, takes this up immediately and takes uh, actionable uh, on an action on it like pageant okay for instance most people when they get hit with this they've got to sit back and let the dust settle 
because they're going in and trying to get all their personal their worldview straight from all the erroneous thinking and you know it ain't what i know that's killing me it's what i know that ain't so the old mark twain paraphrase of that quote they got to go in and get all the stuff they knew that wasn't so and get that straightened out and with some people that just flat takes some time Hopefully you're not one of those. Anybody got anything to add? Love to hear some more dialogue and discourse. Hey, Dave, you're Dave in the thumbs with us this morning. How you doing this morning, dude? Doing all right, Raj. How you doing? I'm hanging in there. Pretty. I guess we had we had a, we had we a nice snow last night. Did you? Okay. It's cold. All right. Sorry to hear that for you. We got contractors here. Got my wood stove taken apart, so we can't use that and. Uh, we're just plugging along. My yep. pantry door yep. came in today at the lumber yard, and it's the wrong one. Oh, good. Uh, this is all. This yeah. is all repercussions from the uh, water from the washer overflowing. It is. Uh-huh. It is. Yikes! How much? We did have the the tile guy out yesterday. Well, the granite guy measuring for our new countertops. We got all the cabinets in. The flooring is pretty much all in. Now we got the wood stove to deal with because that's part of that flooring, and the guy who built it put it on top of the carpet and pad, so it's been sinking as the carpet and pad have deteriorated, and uh, so that all had to be torn out and redone, and and the insurance is covering it. <laughs> well, sounds like a hell of a mess and 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 some certain inconvenience for you, but. It sounds like it might be a little bit better when you get finished with it, so we wish you luck and Godspeed with all that. Thank you. Know, you. I appreciate I've, that. Dave, I've always wondered why they don't put a pan underneath the washer just like they do a hot water heater and put it to some place it can't do damage. I mean, Right, a drain. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because it costs more money and, uh, you know, what you don't know can't hurt you, and uh, you know that's what insurance is for, right? <laughs> oh yeah, limited liability. Yeah, okay. my, uh, my friend. Just like you know, every home should be equipped with with a either whole house generator or solar or both or and and or you know alternative heat. Um, you know, yeah, all the plumbing should be protected from destroying your home. But uh, then how do we update without having to pay for it ourselves? It's called built-in obsolescence. <laughs> you got that right. Yeah. Well, sorry you're going through all that, Dave, but uh, maybe there's a pony in that stocking somewhere. Oh, absolutely there is. We can see the forest through the trees. Okay, good. Now, a question. You keep talking about your wood-burning stove. That was in the kitchen. You're not cooking on that wood-burning stove. It's not a cooking wood-burning stove, is it? It is not a cook stove. It wasn't in the kitchen. It's in the living room. But ah. the, because the the living room and the dining room connected to the kitchen, uh-huh. the floors, they replaced all our floors. Insure, I'm telling you, it, it blew our minds when they... We had one cabinet that was damaged and, you know, part of the floor that was linoleum. And because the cabinets are, you know, 20-some years old, they couldn't match that cabinet up to the other ones they replaced all the cabinets and all the flooring and we were able to upgrade 
And, you know, the insurance didn't pay the upgrade, but what they paid for covered our upgrade. Okay. Because we didn't go through the company that, you know. Maybe maybe this is a direct repercussion of the year of the COVID when the insurance company's bottom lines went up through the roof because there's so many f- few people out getting in accidents and stuff and not putting in claims. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good point there. Yeah. They may be willing to come off of it a little bit easier now, Dave. <laughs> Maybe that's what you're doing. Well, you, with, with our other claims we've had, we've had some real doozy, uh, you know, what do you call them, guys, that adjusters. Uh-huh. Uh, and now we have a lady, and her and my wife, pretty much connected and she's like oh well i you can't be have that we're we're fixing that we're we're replacing that oh that's good <laughs> yeah it's unbelievable even the foyer now at the front door you know it's tile it's only four by six but they're replacing it good man okay yeah well so, i hope and, you, you get... know not me the wife you know my right. wife is like i'm calling him i'm like good luck getting the, the cover of that and that shirt up they're like oh yeah no problem we're, we're that that's part of it well yep, sounds like it. you sounds like some you know somebody <laughs> was on your side here dave glad to hear that Man. yeah when do you anticipate they're going to get finished with all this uh in construction um well we the countertops won't take too long and uh they they should probably be in Within, I would say, a week or two, depending on scheduling. And then uh, these guys are wrapping up. Uh, they got the, the, the platform is all taken down with the tile off it removed. They're ready to start reconstruction. We just have to pick out either stone for the wall and tile for the floor. And uh, we have a corner unit, uh, the fireplace or the wood stove. It, I had my, my neighbor actually built me a big platform and put it in the corner so we could get better utilization and heat the whole house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, they can save, they saved the platform. They just tore all the tile off. They're going to redo that and, and then, uh, put a little hearth on the floor around it to match the, we got that, uh, luxury vinyl plank floor that's waterproof and sound deadening in the basement. Um, so they're they're pretty much done. It's probably within, I'd say within two weeks we'll okay. have everything wrapped. Well, up. I hope so. Hope so for you and the wife's sake. Um, yeah, thank you. You're welcome. So, uh, has anybody got anything they want to bring forward of, of the legal nature? Well, current? we did. Okay, go ahead. I, I we did we did redo our passports. We renewed. Uh huh. Um, you know we. We had done the copper moonshine stuff a couple of years ago uh, without affidavits, and uh, now we did your affidavit, and we renewed. We just had the cards. We didn't do books, and uh, we're waiting. Uh, It's probably been three weeks. Uh, It was just before Thanksgiving that she mailed that stuff off. Okay. Well, you know, Dave. We haven't heard anything. Well, so, you you probably yeah. can't because of your site situation. But the wife, there's a there's a link you can go in and check the progress on that stuff. I don't. You can get it. Okay. Probably off the travel state gov, or you can maybe even call the state department. And they can give it to you. But you can go right online All and right. check and see where it is in progress. Oh, very good. I've heard you talk about that, and I forgot all about it. Yep. 
So if you're real antsy or anal about that, you can take that uh, take that approach. All right. So and I'm uh, not. I'm pretty pretty uh, calm, cool, and collective most of the time. But yeah. uh, my wife is probably pretty antsy about it, okay, so she'd we'll probably her, like to hear that. Tell her to go on in yeah. and check that out, and it'll make her feel better. And tell her to be sure as she's going through there to note where it says things like your citizenship evidence will be returned to you in a separate color or citizenship evidence this or citizenship evidence that because that's what they call that affidavit internally at the state department i'm pretty sure the folks in the legal department at state fully understand and impute the correct definition to the word evidence mm-hmm. okay so uh, it's not supposed to be returned right well, you know, it's funny. I, I, it seems like I saw when I saw that years ago that they said they could, they would return it. I've never had one returned, but yet I've had other people get them returned, and then they get antsy because they didn't keep it. Okay, and uh, oh no, they didn't take it because they returned it to me. All right, and what I tell those folks is, if you're real anal about it and you want to sleep better and you think that's going on turn around and send them the affidavit cold with a cover letter to the administrative records department asking them to duplicate or make sure this is in your administrative file firmly and permanently okay it's just like with Paget's situation and we didn't talk about that too much yesterday but when she got with me a couple of weeks ago on this second refusal of her mom's passport with them being so tyrannical you're a citizen of the United States. Well, that's tyranny. They can't tell you what you are. Okay? And so when that happened, I said the first thing, well, let's let the dust settle on this, on going back and fighting them because she didn't make copies of what she sent in. All right? And that's a kind of a negative because you're in, in one way you're flying blind a little bit. Okay? But the other thing was I said, why don't you make a cover letter, write her up a new affidavit, make a copy this time, and just send it cold into the administrative records department. She might not have an ID at this point linked to it, but they can't refuse it. They can't refuse it because it's not their call. It's your call. You know, Roger, every, every time I try to make copies, they all seem to come out blank. Well, I'm not... You you must that be. That was a joke. You're at the wrong copier. That was a blind joke. Okay, okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, that's uh, you can always do that. People have gotten them returned. Doug, uh, Doug, our buddy in California, had that happen. I said, well, turn around and write it with a cover letter and send it over there cold. I call that a cold uh, affidavit because it's not with a passport application. But again. My experience is with people that have filed this, I've never in all these years heard of one thing they weren't doing or were doing wrong. Is that Harvey calling his dog? Is that you, Harv? Yeah, I, I'm supposed to be on mute. I was on mute. I heard you, man. Uh, you, you, you're calling that dog overrode the mute, Harvey. Yeah, sorry. That's okay, man. That dog must be pretty important. Tim Cook's got a got a default setting written into the iPhone with it. If Harvey um, calls his dog, you take this mute off. Hey, Roger, it's Dawn. Hey, Dawn. Hey. So I just put the link to check your status for the passport in the chat 
Yeah. Okay, good. Dave, you might you can get your uh, your wife to go in there. It's in the chat on Jitsi. Don, you sent me a letter. You had what a couple of affidavits. Pardon me? What's that? Well, here on Jitsi, on the platform that we're on, and I know you, you're a disability here, but there's a chat room where people that are participating can post things. And Don just posted that link to track your passport's progress in the Jitsi forum there. So if your wife can get to it, that's the link, and she doesn't have to go hunt for it. How do you get to Jitsi chat? Right there on the bottom where they got all those little icons. One of them. Well, I know. See, you're 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 sight deficient, so it doesn't help with you at all. But down at the bottom, there's some icons that come up, and one of them is the chat. And when you press it, it gives you a section over on the left side of the screen where people can post stuff. Is Bob on in Colorado? Doesn't sound like it. Because he's got my cell phone, he could he could send me that link to it in a text. Just just have your just, uh, well, I don't know how how to tell you to navigate it anyway. Don put it in there. If you can figure right. a way to do it, it's there. Okay, Don, you I can spell Gypsy. J i t s i. Are you? Where, how are you? Let's see. He's not on the Gypsy board. That's the problem. You call him. Oh. Right. I'm on the phone line. Well, you should. Okay, I guess you don't get the platform that way. Okay, just do a right. search on the internet and say passport status. Passport and status. Then, okay. Yeah, and it's just passport status dot state dot government or oh. gov. Sorry, okay. G-O-V. Passport status dot state dot gov. Is that it, Don? Yes. Okay, that's a pretty simple. That's easy. <laughs> okay, yep. passportstatus.state.gov. Let me, uh, thank you. Yep. You're welcome. All right, Don, you sent me a couple of affidavits to look over last night for some of your friends. Yes. And I'm glad you called in and spoke up today. Um, and what I wanted to, and of course you're new to this relatively, okay? Yes. And uh, uh, what the, where the rubber meets the road is it was somebody, a citizen of the United States. You had some examples of folks you're working with uh, that whose parents were not U.S. citizens, but the child was born here. Yeah, there was one that it was not. There was another one that's of African-American descent, which I was able to find your template for um, for that. And so I just added that plus a couple of other things and um, handed it over to her. Um, You know, it's only been fairly recently because for many years we didn't know any different. I thought it was like more or less a a white and black issue if if you wanted to put them with a trap door in between. Okay. And that when you filed the affidavit, it opened the trap door and you went back to the other status. And because until I saw that certificate of non-citizen nationality and was reading it on the air one day live, like when I could read easier, uh, and when I hit that sentence, I mean, it hit me like a Mack truck, okay? 
but and I know enough and understand a lot of the history to understand what they did, but it really clarified a big misconception for me on this trap door and I'm black or I'm white and if you're black or black derivative you gotta use board of brown versus board of education and if you're white you use whatever the other case is. Well it doesn't it didn't, uh, ethnicity has nothing to do with it is what that told me all of a sudden when I read it and they realized that both statuses are totally equal. Citizen of the United States is equal to U.S. national. It doesn't matter what ethnicity, color, creed, or anything else they are. They're both equal. So now there's two ways to approach this, and the way we used to approach it was to, there's a legitimate reason for this, is to tell them what you're not. Okay? There's only two choices, right? So I'm going to tell you I'm not this one. And my parents are white, this, that, and the other. They weren't black slaves, etc. Okay, And so the reason we used to do it that way, and I used to encourage people to do it that way, is because legally it's almost impossible to disprove a negative. So you approach this from the negative angle of the I'm not. Okay, Well, now we know that that's really not necessary because they're both equal. So all you really have to do is tell them what you are or what you want to be. Now, what we used to do is teach people is you don't want to make an assertion of what you are because that gives people an opportunity to challenge you. Mm-hmm. If you tell them what you're not, how are they going to challenge you? Right? So that was the theories in taking that approach. Now that we know what we know, that they're both co-equal and it's a dual political status, and that we got that one sentence as an illustration uh, down there at the bottom of the Certificate of Non-Citizen Nationality from the State Department. I like to doctor it up a little bit. Uh, Samuel, I just answered an email. I think it was from your buddies from Willie and Jeanette out there or somebody close to them this morning who was asking me for a template on my or an an affidavit copy my affidavit I said you don't need that okay because that's five pages you just don't need to do all that it's not necessary all you need to do is give them this one sentence I blank whatever your name is do solemnly swear under the penalty of perjury of the laws of the United States of America, uh, I think it's probably significant to put of America on there, okay? Because that's the without perjury giraffe that's in their code, okay? And so, uh, of the laws of the United States of America, my intent and desire to be a national with God-given rights, capital G, capital G, capital R, and constitutional protections, capital C, capital P, as opposed to a citizen of the United States in voluntary servitude under the scope and purview of the 14th Amendment with civil rights. You put civil rights under the scope and purview of the 14th Amendment. You trade those around, make it flow a little easier. But you see what I'm saying, and you're identifying both statuses there. One's got God-given rights and constitutional protections. The other's in voluntary servitude under the scope and purview of the 14th Amendment with civil rights. And that's the one I've been, and I don't want to be that anymore. I want to be this other one. Well, how are they going to argue with that? See, what we didn't understand before, I'm speaking for myself, is have a clear understanding that this isn't their choice. This is your choice. If it's their choice, we're talking open tyranny. 
If they tell you what you are or can tell you what you are, that's just open tyranny. And these guys will go to any lengths not to be shown as open tyrants. Oh, they love being tyrants now. Don't get me wrong. We see it every day. But they've always got this underlying deal where you've given them permission to do that. Of course, you don't know that, so you don't understand it, and you automatically impute that they're that powerful and that tyrannical when they're not and couldn't be had you not given them permission to do so by answering those questions yes and admitting to their fraud. And that's what people don't understand, okay? So, Roger, do you recall the person's name? Recall what? which person, Sam? Oh, no. On the email? No, I don't. And it just had a reference to Willie and Jeanette, so I'm not sure how that came in, but I answered them back with that answer this morning here before the program. Well, good. That shows some movement there going your way. I hope so. That's great. I think, you know, we're getting into this Christmas stuff now, and about here approaching the middle of December and another few days, all that stuff's going to be upon us. And I have a feeling after the first of the year, we're going to see a few of these things move, you know, whatever the decision is going to be on this RBN slot. Uh, it was this interview with Andy. Uh, I'm working on a couple other things. I'm going to prod a little bit over this next couple of weeks and see if we can get some movement after the first of the year. Things are going to definitely get worse on, on what they're doing to us after the first of the year. And so hopefully that's going to all work in our favor. So, Don, how are you coming with all this? It sounds like you're getting your arms around it. Uh, yes, I'm going to go get the affidavit notarized today. Okay. And then um, I'm just going to go for the passport card. Mm-hmm. For now, mm-hmm. now have um, you have you uh, did you have a passport before? Uh, yes. So the passport book is expired and way over the time allowed it to just renew. And then my passport card, however, is still in good working order. So oh, okay. I'm so just you, gonna renew the, that. Your old book is gone, and then you had a passport card when you renewed it. And that's still active, so you can still go in and renew that and change your status. Okay, good deal. Yeah, so, and then I'm just helping everybody else out on how to go about submitting and changing their Well, I don't know that they could get too many of these up at the State Department, quite frankly, for our purposes. Uh, And I think that they more than likely are very cognizant of the amount of them that flow in it wouldn't be a big surprise if somebody in charge of this on the seventh floor doesn't have some sort of a regular total being delivered to them on how many of these they get mm-hmm. I, I i know it concerns them because they're totally defenseless and the only thing they can do once somebody has gotten to this point of understanding it and filing this paperwork and taking the action on it the only thing they can do is take the mask off and they're very reticent to do that uh, with valid reasons for it can you imagine them trying to come to some of these militia guys or come in and whip a white supremacist or a hate crime law on you and they try and come to your house and you're sitting there loaded to the gills and start picking them off at the fence? Yep. 
Okay. They are very scared. I, I think this really concerns them. Okay. Uh, and by virtue of the fact that, you know, and I don't know if you've heard me talk about this, but <coughs> excuse me, when we started doing this over there on Bennett's show on RBN years ago, and within a very short amount of time, I don't remember how long, but it wasn't very long. A very short amount of time, we already had the guy that was monitoring RBN from the Southern Poverty Law Center trying to put the quash on this from the start, okay, hmm. of even going to the point of getting a hold of John Statmiller, which is no easy feat if you don't have his home phone number because he was virtually never in the network. From what I was told, that he never even came in. He did his show from 5 to 7, okay? And he'd come in at a quarter to 5, and he left at 10 minutes after 7. And those are the only times he was in the building. And who now the this history is... Yeah, go ahead. Now, the new history is that RBN was John Statmiller's life. Well, I'm not saying that it wasn't his life, but I'm just saying he never came to the network, to the station. He'd ran a lot of stuff from home, Okay. But he was never actively in the station. But Russell Estes, which is this creep's name, works still works for the Southern Poverty Law Center, or as I lovingly refer to him, the Sodomy Pedophile Larceny Center. Uh, and I read an article before I got the shot that he was that there was they were monitoring RBN. And so, in listening to RBN back in those days, more you'd hear this guy call in and troll all these different shows, especially Deanna Spingola. Okay, and he'd call himself Russ from Minnesota. And so, when I got, first got on there, and all of a sudden, I think it was Bennett that mentioned it to me, or some of the other hosts uh, that were talking about it, or this guy called into another host on RBN station and started running down all the stuff I was teaching. Well, I was only teaching this basic law stuff. That's the only way I knew to do this. Okay, R plus D equals R and this, that, and the other, and all the things we cover here. And he's sitting there calling into another host show and running me down in what I'm teaching. And there was another John and Glenn student named, I mentioned him the other day, if any of you guys remembered this fella. He, he went under the moniker of Tommy from Brooklyn. Anybody ever remember hearing Tommy from Brooklyn call in? He's one of these New York guys, a little bit aggressive, you know. And anyway, he had gone through John and Glenn's course. And so he's the one that called me. He, he and I had a contact. This is, I think, one of the first places I heard about it. And he called me and said, man, there's this guy that called into this show just running you up one side and down the other. And he said, I called in and said, listen, Roger knows what he's talking about. I had the same teachers. Well, this is this Russ from Minnesota guy. And then he'd send other uh, hosts on RBN a message. Roger, this stuff Roger Sales is teaching is going to get a lot of people in trouble. Okay, Even went to the trouble of catching John Statmiller in the office on the phone before his show, which is quite a feat from what I was told. Okay, And, what, and John told me this. He said he, when he and I talked, he said, that guy called me. That's how I know about this, okay? And I said, what did he say? He said, that stuff Roger Sales is teaching is going to get a lot of people in trouble. And I said, John, has anybody else ever called you about anything that's gone on the station like that? No. Well, don't, I wanted to say, well, don't you think that might be significant? 
Okay. So anyway, one day I'm talking as this incident has gone on a couple of times. I've heard about it, gotten feedback from other people over there on it. And so I'm telling one of my better students from the old days is a guy who was a commercial painter. His name's Rick Scruggs. Uh, God bless Rick. I hope he's doing good. He lives down on the coast of Georgia now on the beach. And uh, I'm talking to Rick, and uh, who's a great guy. He's the one. He's one of my students. Don, do not take this this far. <laughs> Rick Scruggs had 13 lawsuits going at the same time. One in certiorari to the Supreme Court, one in tax court in Washington, D.C., all these driving and trafficking, traveling things with all these little municipalities in Georgia. (laughs) Can you imagine trying to prosecute 13 lawsuits as a pro se litigant? Okay, so he was he bit off more than he could chew. Rick did. Okay, (laughs) and so I'm talking to Rick. He's real funny, and I'm talking to him on the phone. I'm telling him this story, and he goes, "Well, Roger, I was in a police station the other day, and I saw one of those Southern Poverty Law Center things they send out. They send out this publication of these to the cops all over the country." And he said, "And I picked it up." I said, "Well, Rick, do you still have it?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, can you go get it?" He said, "Yeah." And so he came back in a minute, and he opened the front cover, and he said, well, there it is right there, Russell Estes, managing editor. I said, well, there are any other people listed there? And he goes, yeah. Is there any other Russes? No. Well, it's got to be this guy, Russell Estes. And so I got on the air and called him out using his last name. We never heard from him again. Okay. But they've been after to try and squash this from the very first when it got on the air. Yeah, and they can really scare people from doing this because all they have to say is, you know, threaten you. Well, yeah, and he could have scared a lot of them. But you see, I was empowered enough at that point, And I said, yeah, you piece of crap. When I addressed him on the air, yeah, you piece of crap, Russell Estes. It is going to get a lot of people in trouble. You and a bunch of your Zionist pals. Oh, <laughs> That was a good comeback. Okay. So that's who I think he's still around. I know he's still working with uh, with them down there in Montgomery. Uh, and he's. I think he's still monitoring RBN because I keep hearing people say they get troll calls and stuff. I'm sure it's the same creep. There's a, there's a new guy on Roger that uh, his tactic, I don't know if he's a troll or not, but he doesn't do the cause any good because he, uh, in in regards to you, what he does is, uh, well, can you prove to me that somebody's not paying property tax? You know, that kind of attitude. And it's like he doesn't even know that Roger's really not in the property tax area, yet he's spouting out about Roger sales and property tax as if that is to prove that what you're doing doesn't work. Well, um, you know, you're, you're right, exactly. Um and uh, uh, there's those are the people you just say next. I don't know whether he's an adversary or just a doubter, quite frankly. And it doesn't make any difference to me. You don't have to pay a property tax. You're going to have to go through a couple of hoops and get your property removed from the property rolls first. But I don't do that. You're right. I remove you from the system and get your status changed. I leave all the rest of that stuff up to you. Yeah, the best way to put it, Roger, is uh, now that you're not property, you could actually have a land patent. Well, that's true. That's very true right there and a good way to put it, Samuel. 
So what other uh, what other stuff we've got to bring up we can kick around here? Hey, Roger. Yeah, Wayne. Yeah, hey, quick question. Um, going back to my friend who had the issue with the code enforcers, let's just say he already uh, had his national status and, jo- and he had not noticed the local code people or the city or whatever, uh, uh, and they showed up, uh, I guess... He could definitely do that letter where it's the notice to pr- agent is notice to principal, along with attaching the affidavit to show uh, and prove he's a national. But w- what would you think would be some good uh, content for a letter like that? Gosh, I'm not sure. This is the first time we've run across this situation. The pre the thing is, is also wasn't this levied on the owner before them on this house? Yeah, but they're trying to collect off my friend since he's the current. So he, he, well, they would have been agents of the principal. He's, he's, he's gotten grandfathered into this charge, which should have been taken care of when the house changed ownership. Any kind of bills like that, they're supposed to be taken care of when the ownership changes, to my knowledge. Yeah, I understand. It's supposed to guarantee clean title. Yeah, and I, I'm just saying from a, a, a point where for anybody who uh, has attained uh, national attained national status, if they come in contact with a government agent, again, code enforcer, health department, whatever, and they've not been noticed yet, uh, a good procedure just to throw it back at, in their lap. Well, I think I'd rather take the question as posed and say, doesn't this show you the importance of doing the secondary after you've got your affidavit filed of going back and covering your bases and putting all those people on proper notice? Oh, yeah, that, that definitely makes sense, and I understand the list of people to do. It's just, again, uh, and Jeff and I talked at one time about should we notice a mayor of a city like where you live because couldn't hurt. essentially the mayor is responsible <clears throat> for those who work the departments who work underneath them uh, but i just kind of wanted to have a, a good response in case maybe it might happen to me too you know i might come across a code enforcer or a local guy who has i've not gotten around to noticing yet well it uh, uh I, I don't i don't really know honestly on how to approach what you're asking wayne other than just write you and just write a, a a letter and send them a copy and just say although you've not been put on proper legal lawful notice this affidavit of my proper political status uh as a national has been on file since so and so and so and so and let them know in that respect even though you didn't give them notice ahead of time and you're at least alerting them now as your proper status yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's kind of for the newbies, especially. Again, uh, as, as you wind your way through this process, you may come across a scenario like this. And I just wanted to have a, a good retort in case uh, that were to happen. I mean, it's just, it really brings home to me and puts emphasis on the importance of the secondary action of putting all these creeps on notice after you've got your status straight. And, you know, years ago, I would have never even thought about that. It wasn't even in the realm of our teaching or thinking. We were so concentrated on just getting people out of the system and having them understand it because I couldn't explain it very well. And it was all this black-white issue stuff, and there's a lot of nebulous information in there that just I just hadn't reached a point of understanding. You know, as it says in the Bible, there's a good verse in there. Above all, it doesn't say seek knowledge. Above all, seek understanding. And, man, have I really experienced that personally. 
You know, Roger, to, to me, this is a really a different issue. It's an ex post facto issue to another party that I have a friend who runs a title company, and I'm positive she would tell me that that would be covered under the title insurance if the title company can't resolve it. They come in, they got some horsepower to to co- local code and, and what have you to try to get not having to use their title insurance to make it right. So, Excuse me. Hold on. Title insurance covers the lender. It doesn't cover the borrower. That's oh, the, the title bad. insurance has their own company, Harvey, uh, has their own policy to cover when they miss issues. They're covered. So when they make a mistake, they have insurance to cover themselves from damage. Errors and omissions. If... If you want to, uh, well, that may be true. Well, why don't you ask your friend about it and let us know? You know, all I know is that if you buy a house in the conventional manner and you pay for title insurance, it doesn't. It's not to your benefit, but to the benefit of the lender. Yeah. But for a few pennies more, you can have them write an identical policy for you protecting your title interests. Well, so, okay, all I know is when that. a house is closed, that, if there's there any... different state to state, too. So, you know, it, this would be from California. Well, this is what yeah, I think I, if I remember, and I was in real estate and had my license in Georgia there for a while, and it just makes common sense. When you're changing the ownership on a piece of real property, if there's any of this crap hanging around, it's got to be taken care of in that ownership change. It can't just follow. They couldn't have taken my IRS lien and uh, assigned it to the new people that were buying my house or at least or at least i mean out 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 here you got to disclose whether you got a a quarter size piece of dry rot or you're in in trouble (laughs) that's exactly right um but um you know roger let me toss a couple of thoughts in that aren't precisely on this topic i think you're trying to get people free uh there was hot talk on. There was a term that popped into my mind. Yeah, showing people how to get off the legal grid. Okay, people that's good. Understand? Pardon? That's good. Yeah, people understand getting off the grid for their uh, electricity, electrical power, and other utilities. But this is really. Uh, an instrument by which they can get off the legal grid or out of the legal grid. Yeah, just a just a phrase that might be. How about off uh, the legal grid and onto the lawful grid? Ah, uh, okay, maybe so. Play with it. And the other thought was about that. Uh, that Mr. Estes of the Southern Sodomy Pedophile Larceny Center. Yes, that's the one. Yes, same guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, God, what a great guy. Uh, <laughs> it reminds me of something my old friend Tony told me once, <laughs> and he said nobody kicks dead dogs. 
You see, if you weren't onto something, they wouldn't attack you. Of course. And that's that's the point. So nobody kicks a dead dog. And Tarvey, the reason Harvey, you know, it's like what we're talking about, the Southern Poverty Law Center. The name just popped into my mind, and I know you're it, you're going to react when I tell you this name, James Floyd. Um, Do you remember him? I can't picture him. He was um, a real good friend with your lady friend up there. Uh, he was the guy from Coleman, Alabama. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Now it rings a bell, right? <laughs> for the audience, this guy had a penis erectus for the guy that founded the Southern Poverty Law Center, Morris Dees. Yeah. And oh. back in the early days, they would have Morris Dees. Uh, they'd shop him around, get him on different radio shows and talk about all the discrimination and please send us money and all the way he got to be a multimillionaire. And James Floyd had gone on the web and gotten his divorce papers with all the dirt about his homosexual liaisons and his second wife's uh, 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 stepdaughter, how he bought her a vibrator and presented it to her on her 17th birthday and asked her to demonstrate it for him and all that kind of stuff. Okay, And he caught peeking through his daughter-in-law's window. So all this Morris D stuff and James Floyd would call into these radio shows he was on and confront him with that stuff. And Morris D's would drop the phone and run off, just leave the host with nobody to talk to. <laughs> but he was a, he was, I was right after Waco and he'd have a, he had a, a sign out in his yard said, FBI, please don't shoot my dogs. <laughs> And yeah. they're in Coleman, Alabama, you know, which is just to the northwest of Birmingham a bit. And um, all these southern towns have got little towns like that have got a square, you know, and the courthouse is the square of the town and, and, and all that stuff, right? Well, that's where the courtrooms are and the judges' quarters and offices and all that. Well, there's one of the judges there, and James Floyd, this is after the movie Braveheart. You have to get this picture in your mind. And here's this this hell he was in his sixties, wasn't he? I mean he wasn't oh, a, he wasn't a spring chicken by any means of James was. And here he is at this courthouse and he painted half his face blue and he's walking around with the judge's office up on the second floor and he's got a long stick with one of these rubber chickens on it. <laughs> And he's dangling the rubber chicken in front of the judge's window with a guy with half his face painted blue yelling freedom. (laughs) (laughs) He was a character, this guy was, now I'm telling you. That's an artist. He absolutely tormented the P. Waddle and Morris D's to the fact that they took him out of, he's not associated with SPLC anymore. Okay, and hadn't been for years. They got some front men in this creep, uh, Mark Potok. You know, who I'm talking about. Have you seen him in a while? The one is the Southern Poverty Law Center's answer to Ichabod well, Crane. He's hard the, to look at. The legend of Sleepy Hollow. He looks like friggin' Ich a redheaded Ichabod Crane. For God's sakes, hell! If you if you looked like that, you'd hate the whole world too. Yeah. 
Uh, we we stopped by there to see James uh, one time, and we'd been, gosh, I don't know where we'd been. We had traveled somewhere, and we stopped by to see him. And it was, uh, it was an interesting visit, and he told us about a process he had devised whereby farmers could use, uh, I guess, silage or, or something, but just the... the uh, uh, stubble from their fields to make alcohol and fuel their vehicles with alcohol and and he was uh given a warning that uh he was about to have an accident if he kept pushing that so he backed off colorful colorful guy Anyway, that just came to my mind with the, all that talk about SPLC. James oh, Floyd, man, he was just a great guy. I remember just belly laughing about that guy. Yeah, he was uh, over, the, over the top on uh, drama. Well, but, these people hate to be made fun of, oh, so they we hate, need to get they back do. into that. You're right. They do hate to be ridiculed and laughed at. They can't stand it. Well, that's true of just about everyone. Uh Ridicule is the ultimate weapon against so many people. Uh, they look how hard they tried to do that with uh, with Donald Trump. Tried to, uh, you know, what was the orange man? Right. You know, he had orange hair, uh, and they. They cartooned him uh, with orange hair, and the only problem was the people that supported him didn't care whether he had hair or not, and if he did, what color it was, they cared about the policies he was implementing. That um, That was a shock to the mainstream media. These people are so vindictive. They are so heinous, vicious. Uh, Every adjective that's got a negative connotation that you could put in front of them, they fulfill every one of them. I mean, I don't believe there's ever been a group on the face of this planet in history that fit those criteria as well as these creeps do. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, well, actually... It's 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 the same. It's uh, they are devil. They're devils. Oh, of course they yeah, are. Yeah, the rotten heart of man. Uh, they are children of say. You know, as, as Jesus said, "Your father, the devil," as he talked to the Pharisees, uh, and that's what they are. And um, you just understanding who you're dealing with that's the important thing you've got to understand who they are hey roger hey bob yes sir may i break in i have a a little tidbit i gleaned here earlier today reading a little bit okay we'd love to hear it the writer of this comment made a point of saying do not call yourself unvaccinated. 
And his point, or hers, it sounded like it may have been a lady writing, but it wasn't specific. His point was that un indicates a lack of, as in unmarried, undocumented, un you know, un un, un whatever. Unfit. It's a lack. And the point he's making is very obvious. Tell you, tell people you're vaccine free. Don't say you're undoc- un- undocumented. <laughs> Don't say you're unvaccinated because it's not a lack of anything. It's a benefit. I, I think you're and not I just even. Thought I, that was so I, prescient. I don't even think you ought to use the word vaccine. I'm unbiojabbed. Well, of course it's not right. Yeah, but the, the the point is not that so much as just the idea that to be un anything, forget that. You're free of it. And I thought it was an interesting point. You know, words mean things. And I just, I like, I really like the concept. I just thought I'd put that out there for public consumption. Yeah, no, that's good. I like the guy that said, I don't need one of those because uh, God made my immune system to overcome any of the things that that thing could stop. Right. Yep. So it's But I will say, yes, Roger. Sir. Yes, sir. The, uh, Genetic engineers did a good job on this thing. It is a uh, a nasty little version of the flu, and it uh, does keep people down. Uh, Harvey, so. I heard somebody alluding to the fact that that there are people that may have found a solution to the spike protein with frequencies. Yeah, uh, I. Th- there's there's the potential um the potential for this technology is just beyond belief and uh mm. yep we find a, bart finds the frequency to take care of the spike protein we're going to be real busy oh boy you know, I don't know how many of you guys listen to Dr. Sherry Rogers but early on she was saying that one of the ways this thing works is, especially on the heavily pharmaceutical types, where they're taking a lot of heart medicines and this and that, those are creating the ACE2 inhibitors, and those are the windows for this thing to enter the cell. Mm-hmm. Very possible. So, you know, they got everybody pumped up full of crap. That just makes this thing all that much worse. Every single pharmaceutical drug on the market has, as one of its side effects, death. Mm. You can't even get human trials started unless you can show them that you can kill experimental animals with your concoction. The LD50. That's right. Lethal dose for half the population, 50 percentile. LD50, uh, the lethal dose that will kill half the test animals. And how much do you have to give per kilogram of body weight in order to kill half of them? Uh, I know someone that took a product to the FDA. They were applying for an NDA, a new you know, filling out a new drug application form, and they hadn't been able to kill anything with it, and uh, and so this this uh, 
examiner that they had an interview with at the FDA comes in. He looks through their paperwork. He said, well, you don't have an LD50 here. And they said, well, that's because we haven't been able to kill anything with it. We've given it massive doses. And we can't kill anything. And he, he uh, stood up, walked out of the room, never came back. Didn't say, go to hell, nice seeing you, or nothing. He just stood up, walked out of the room, and he was gone. Let me ask you all a question here. Interrupt Harvey on this because yep. it just came to my mind. Would you guys like to see if I can get Bob Greska on someday? Is, are most of you familiar with Bob Greska and his C60? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, you I think know. that would be a, a, a real good idea. Okay. We don't, you know, I don't normally have guests too much on here. I think the last one we had was Tom with his little pure air stuff, but. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Greska's got a real superior product that is very, very unique and helpful in a lot of areas that, quite frankly, we may not even know yet. So maybe I'll yep. touch base with him and invite him on the show here at some point. Yep. Um, Harvey, there's a <clears throat> there's a whole thing. I think it's a more than a two-show thing that uh, Jennifer Daniels did, uh, and it's labeled the Lethal Dose. Yeah. Well, uh, that's that's a woman who is, boy, what an admirable woman she is. Ah, Lee, she she doesn't get distracted by the clutter. Uh, she she goes to the heart of the matter. And then she has the courage to to state the matter clearly. Uh, what an admirable woman! She sure is. Speaking so. of admirable people, um, I had emailed a couple of nights ago the links uh, from that "Stop the Crime" um, uh, website, and they had a uh, link for a video on that doctor that um, was killed a couple of days after he put a video out on the razor blades or the nano razors no in the vaccines. Also, I put it up on Telegram, you know, in, you know, the PPN area, as well as, you know, the guys I have individual, you know, contact with. And you haven't looked at yours yet, Harvey. No, I, I, I haven't been on... T- I don't think I've been on Telegram in in a few days. Um, yeah. yeah, it's an 18-minute vid- video, and he spells it out. There's English subtitles, but you can get yeah. through that. And he nails it, and then they nailed him. Man. I mean, they can't be... Uh, I mean, they're, they're sending a message. You know, they, they everybody is just... Just like uh, Cohen's song, Everybody Knows. Everybody knows the vice is loaded. Yeah, everybody knows, yeah. Uh, The war is lost. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Well, uh, they just, 
uh, it's just like the mafia used to do, you know, and they may still do it. I don't think there's much into that anymore. But uh, someone was causing trouble, boom, all of a sudden, he, you know, he'd um, disappear. He'd go to sleep with the fishes. Yeah, or he would... Or find a, a horse's head in bed with him. Yeah, or he'd get gunned down in in public. Uh, make it obvious. Make everybody understand that uh, what had happened to him and why. Not that he just disappeared. Uh, so they're sending a message to all the other potential whistleblowers, which are... Uh, Tens of thousands. Easy. Yeah. And and they're not going to be able to stop a lot of them, even with those type of signals, actually. There's so many people that are so fed up and have reached their moral, their limit of moral turpitude. Yeah. Okay. And they ain't going any further. Even if it means giving up a 20-plus year career, they're going to come out and, bl- and blow the beans on whatever their specialty is. You know, Barnes just... Uh, filed is robert barnes you know i'm talking about harvey this uh, attorney no i don't know well he's he's got he's got quite a high profile uh constitutional attorney supposedly he's a a very very conservative he's very sharp and he just got this pfizer whistleblower that worked inside the production facility they just filed a suit last week in texas using her uh and uh, they tried everything in the world to shut her up so the, a lot of this stuff's coming out, okay? I hope they've got her hidden out somewhere. I'm sure he does. Barnes is very sharp. You know, I'm sure he's taking all the adequate precautions. But you cannot, you cannot underestimate their wickedness. You, you know, uh, and you can also not recognize the fact that they have cooperation from government agencies they are government agencies they don't have cooperation (laughs) that's who they are Mm -hmm. because i guarantee you at every key juncture of over the over 455 federal agencies that are up there they got these creeps in every key position i guarantee you yeah like like farrakhan said they're termites they they are. That's a very good description from the old Louis. It is, man. I wish somebody'd get my information to 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 old Louis. I've been trying for years to see if any of the black guys had a connection to get it to old Louis. I'd love for him to get onto this. Well, uh, I don't know. I don't know how that would turn out. Brent, have you have you had any conversation with James lately? How's he doing? Uh, my. Probably had uh, a telegram uh, thing with him. Um, I know he looked at you know some stuff I sent him, you know, along you know with you guys, but I haven't had any comments or anything. Okay, he seems to be kind of busy. And let's put to bed a myth real quick. Uh, just because someone's 
skin color is the same doesn't mean you have access to them. Well, I know, fact, but you two were the, about the black guys that were real prominent on here, and I thought you two struck up a relationship and that you might be communicating yeah. is why I ask. I mean, also, yeah. you know, I, I set James up. Oh with my old and dear one of my oldest friends in this world contiguous who lives there in winston-salem who's a white guy okay oh and, I, was, I was referring to uh calypso Louis. you know like uh you know if anything i probably have less access to him yeah that may be true that may be true so anyway we're about to run out of time here on our discussion kids and if you had a question you just didn't bring it up in time sorry Jimbo, are you on the board ready to take the handoff here? Go ahead. Get to your mute. There he is. (laughs) Did you hear my comment about the rogue wave? Did you hear our rogue wave conversation earlier? No, sir, I didn't. I've been running around like a head when my chicken cut off all morning. I just got on the air. Well, that was what I remembered that you guys were talking about the other day that I I wanted to chime in on because I think it was Kassarab that said he doesn't want to have anything to do with sailing because of the rogue waves, right? Yeah. Well, you don't get rogue waves out in the middle of the ocean. The ocean's too deep. It absorbs them. If you're in close to land where they run across a lack of depth and they got to force that water up is where you start getting rogue waves. Yeah. That's generally the my understanding. But uh, I'm just humoring John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay. Well, we're about ready to get knocked off here. We're going to extend. Uh, cut off the Wednesday edition and turn the the Jitsi platform over to Mr. Ram, and you're going to do something with health today, I would assume. Uh, yep, sure enough. Got a new video that I'm going to play a little bit of. Okay, good deal. Uh, well, we'll be back tomorrow on Thursday. If any of you had any questions we didn't get to today, we can certainly cover that tomorrow. And I uh, hope uh, everybody is just moving forward and trying to talk to people you know and even people you don't know about this stuff and spread the word and uh otherwise than that we will reconvene right here at the old Eurofolk radio platform with jitsi tomorrow at the same time and uh we'll see how the rest of the day pans out so anybody nothing else to say in closing so i'll just tell y'all i'll see you tomorrow we'll be knocked off the server here in a minute and jim can get his thing set up and uh you guys roll into the the pharma guys theme song there and all the things you're going to discuss with jim so thanks for your attention i appreciate each and every one of you and uh, hey my pleasure i mean i enjoy doing this and i enjoy meeting you guys and knowing there's like-minded people out there that have their heads screwed on straight (laughs) and are looking for answers and want to do the right thing it gives me faith in the world okay there's still a few good ones out there there are and all (laughs) it takes is a few good men okay to do something and we're all trying to do something whatever our capabilities are we're all trying to do something to affect change so i appreciate you're on the on the train to freedom here and i'll uh, see you when we leave the station tomorrow thank you so much roger all right have a great day all right you too what were you gonna say uh jeff and i was saying don't forget the women involved Amen. Oh yeah. Well, I say men, and I include women. I the general oh, capital statement. M. Okay. 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 So, uh, yep. Yeah, we just got knocked off. Yeah, we got some.